ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome into the Nosebleeds Podcast. Michael Calamari here with Matt Benson and Danny Scott. We're live in Butler here, at least me and Benson are. Danny over in California, a virtual episode over Zoom. I just saw Benson about five minutes ago. We were in the car coming back from one of our baseball games. We're called baseball. But Danny, I have not seen you. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing all right. I wish I was in uh, Butler with you guys. Little injury kept me kept me sidelined this weekend, but uh, it's a great day for club baseball participating in the World Series. Sad heading home a little early, but I should be asking you guys, how are you doing uh, being out there playing and everything? Well, yeah, it was a great experience, and I want to get into it, Matt, because this is a baseball podcast. I know we talk MLB a lot, and that's really our focus with the Yankees and Mets, but it is a special moment for at least club baseball, and WFV has a lot of members of uh, the program on the club baseball team, and including the three of us. So, Matt, I just want to get you know, your experience after, unfortunately, we go 0-2 to lose, but it was truly, you know, amazing experience. I know for me to, you know, come down to Butler, play against these other schools that won the regions, and it was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was, it was just a great experience, I think. And for me, being a freshman, it was just, it was just an awesome experience to be able to be part of this, be, be able to be part of this World Series. And of course, I want to say, say thank you to uh, Thomas Quigley and uh, and Nick DeLuca, who are both members of WFB Sports, and obviously Finn Starzik, but he's unfortunately not a member. But I just want to say thank you to the three seniors. Uh, just shout them out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, those guys were you know instrumental in our success this season. I know Danny can even speak to it. Just a really great ride. And I know if you have been a part of WFUV or if you know anything about what we do at the radio station, you know that club baseball is, you know, a very similar thing. We have a lot of members part of the radio station. Nick DeLuca, like you mentioned, Thomas Quigley, myself, now Matthew Benson, Danny Scott, of course. So it's almost the two are very similar and they're tied together. So uh it's really fun to be able to talk about it. And not only do we get to play some baseball today, but Danny, we also get to record this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Uh, I mean, I love baseball. I bleed baseball. I've been playing baseball my entire life. Got one more year coming up. Hopefully I'll be back um, and be able to play next season, but it'll be a great experience. I love, love baseball. Love talking about baseball, playing it. And I can't wait to get into this and happy for you guys. You got to experience that. I didn't, but we'll be back next year. That's for sure. We will be back next year. And hopefully by this time next year, we're in Butler, Pennsylvania again, and we're having this nosebleeds conversation once again, but now let's transition to some baseball. I think the biggest news, if you're in New York, it was Max Scherzer, who is now going to be out to six for eight weeks after checking himself out of a game. And this is really devastating for Mets fans and it really opens up a lot of doors in the NL East. And Matt, I'll go to you first. What does this injury by Scherzer mean for the Mets? And then what does it mean for the division as a whole? Yeah, this is this is huge for the Mets, especially with DeGrom being gone, with Tyler McGill also being injured. Now, now they're Max Scherzer, who's their second best pitcher, probably behind DeGrom, and then now their first best pitcher. He had a 2-5-4 ERA this year. He had the second most strikeouts in the entire NL. This is a huge loss for them because he was basically a guaranteed win. He led the entire NL in wins, and it's really a tough loss. And then loss, and then for the entire NL East, this really opens it up. The Mets have a really tough 
schedule coming up now. They've got the Giants in a couple games. They've got the Phillies twice coming up, and they've got the Dodgers a couple series after that. So it's gonna it's gonna make this a really interesting race in at least. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. It makes it a little bit more interesting. However, I think this team on paper is still the best team in the NL East. Um, if I was a Mets fan, I wouldn't be overly concerned. You know, you're going to be without Scherzer for at least six to eight weeks. Degrom still about a month or month or so, probably another four to six weeks away from being back. But there's still a lot of baseball to be played. And this team is so good right now. They'll be able to piece it together. Um, the biggest concern that I have with the Mets right now is now you're really going to have to start to turn to that bullpen a lot more. And the bullpen has by far been the weak point on this team. A um, lot of guys in the fours and fives in ERA. Um, so you're really going to have to rely on Chris Bassett to get you quality starts. Um, hopefully a guy like Carrasco can pull it together, Walker, Peterson. And then that fifth starter is kind of up in the air right now. It looks like it's going to be Trevor Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be a little shaky for a few weeks here. Um, if you're a Mets fan, however, I still wouldn't be super concerned. The offense is hot. They're still winning games, still got a sizable lead in the NL East. And I think they're still in prime position to run away with this division. Yeah, I still think they're in a very good position. I'm a little worried about the depth to the pitching now because, you know, Scherzer's out and the DeGrom injury is very much a mystery. We don't know exactly when he will return. And two of their top three pitchers, Taiwan Walker and Carlos Carrasco, they have a history with significant injuries. So it's not like those pitchers are used to pitching full seasons. They've been out before with injuries. If one of those two guys were to go down, that would make a lot more problems for the Mets. They really need to stay healthy from here on out. Now, that being said, I'm on fan graphs right now, and they have projected standings for the Mets with Scherzer and without Scherzer, DeGrom, and McGill. And even without those three starters, they're still projected to go 89 and 73, which would be first in the division ahead of the Braves and ahead of the Phillies. And I think that's a testament to what this lineup has done this year, a lineup that struggled to hit for power, but have turned around the script for the Mets that have previously been a team that has been awful with runners in scoring position. And they've been much better with timely hitting and situational baseball. This is a good baseball team. And I know Max Scherzer is a huge loss. If it comes down to this, if the depth can stay healthy, I think they're going to be able to win games because they're winning them without Max on the mound. It wasn't just Max Scherzer who was winning them games. They're winning games with any starting pitcher. It just comes down to can the rest of the starters stay healthy so you can buy time to getting Scherzer back and hopefully to grow. Yeah, I think I think you make a good point with that because they they spent a lot of money in free agency on their bats and their their feeling depth. And I think they they've they've met met their expectations this year, but I still think it goes to the pitching, obviously, because if you lose Max Scherzer, who's arguably the best pitcher in the league, probably top three or top five, it's gonna be a blow to your team. And obviously going into the season, one of the big concerns was who's going to be there three, four, five after DeGrom and Scherzer. Then we found out DeGrom was injured. Thankfully for the Mets, Tyler McGill stepped up, but now with him and Scherzer gone, now it's who's their one, two, three, four, and five. And you mentioned Walk, uh, Taewon Walker and, and Carrasco, but we they're still kind of unproven in their, uh, in their longevity and throughout the season. So that's my biggest concern with the Mets still. For sure. And they still got Bassett, who has been a great pickup for them. Another guy they added um, through a trade with the A's this past offseason. He's been stellar for him. So he's going to be the guy that I think they're really going to have to lean on um, up until you can get a Scherzer, you can get a DeGrom, you can get a McGill back. McGill will be back a lot quicker than both Scherzer and DeGrom. 
So I really think right now it's one of those times, you know, baseball is a, is a big game of, of ups and downs uh, in order to be successful. You got to win more than you lose, obviously. Um, but those downs, you want to play about 500 baseball. And if they can play about 500 baseball over the next month or so, I think they're still going to be very good. This is a team that I think will easily get to 90 wins this year. Pete Alonso is starting to hit a lot more home runs. Uh, Lindor has significantly cooled off, but we all know what he's capable of if he can get hot. Uh, this team, I think, is just so good. They're very good defensively, and they just hit the ball all over the park. Yeah, I, I agree. And talk, I talked about it before, but this is a team that was not great with runners in scoring position, hitting 269 with runners on uh, in scoring position now. That's ninth in the major leagues. With runners on base in general, they're 12th in the major leagues with a 257 average. That's what the wins are going to happen. They're not going to be able to win games with their pitching anymore. They're going to have to be able to situationally hit. And I think one of the problems is they don't have the power really to get the long ball as consistently as some of these top teams in the major leagues do. But if they can hit well, then I think they can get away with this. We mentioned Chris Bassett. He just avoided arbitration. He got a one-year deal just over $8 million. He's going to be someone that's going to be big for them. And then just keeping the rest of that rotation healthy. And it's, just, it's going to be something we're going to monitor. As these weeks go on, it's going to be at least six weeks that Scherzer's out for. I'm going to have to bet more. And a majority of those, if not all, will also be without DeGrom. So the Mets, like you said, Danny, probably just going to have to play 500 baseball and try to hold on to that divisional lead and go from there. I want to transition now. I want to stay in New York. I want to go to the Yankees now who have been absolutely killing it. It's tough to say anything bad about this New York Yankees team. They've been doing it all. At first, it was really just the pitching that was leading this team, but slowly but surely, they've started to pick things up at the plate as well. They beat the Chicago White Sox today, 7-5, to five, moved to 29-10 and 10 on the season. That's first place in the AL East. Matt, I'll go to you once again. What are your thoughts on the Yankees right now, and how sustainable is this? And if they can keep this up, how much of a contender are they for that World Series? Yeah, I think, I think this is a fantastic start for the Yankees, and I don't, I don't want to like beat it at horse by keep saying – how great they are, but their hitting has really picked up, which is really, which is really stood out to me. Like Judge is looking like an MVP candidate right now. Rizzo re-signing him was a fantastic move by the Yankees. He's been playing really well. Stan, obviously, LeMayhew, Donaldson, all of those guys have had really productive years. So one through six in their lineup about has been money this year, which I've been really happy to see. And obviously the pitching was the big storyline, especially with Nesker Tortez to lead off the season. But Garrett Cole's made a big comeback as well after a tough Tough opening to the season, but he's he's made his way back to form, and I, I'm really happy with how the, the Yankees are. And I, I think with the combination of how their bats and their pitching is, I think it's going to be sustainable because even when even when they have a cold night with the bats, their pitching is going to be to back it up and vice versa. So I think they're I think they're in a good situation for the rest of the year. Yeah, you say Aaron Judge is an MVP candidate. I think that's that's doing it lightly. He as of right now, he is the MVP, batting 307. Leading over the Buxton, league. you think he's over Buxton? Oh, yeah. 40 leading the league in home runs, batting over 300 on pro arguably the best team in baseball right now. Um, he's having a stellar year. I'm a big Aaron Judge fan. If you we guys know you are. Know, we know yeah. you are. Grew up 30 minutes away from him. Um, saw him play in high school. He's an absolute stud. Um, but this team, 24-4 and four over their last 28. I believe they won today, so make that 25-4. and four. Yep. Um, over the last 29, this team just keeps winning. They're playing great baseball. Matt, you mentioned Garrett Cole. He's starting to look a lot more like himself lately. He's gone over six innings in each of his last five starts, um, which is a welcome sign to Yankees fans. Uh, this team is, is very good. They, um, 
they built this team right, and I think they're in such a prime position to make a deep run this year as long as they can stay healthy because we know some of these guys, Judge, Stanton, have some injury history where it keeps them out. If they can stay healthy for this entire year, this is a team. Uh, the Dodgers are another one that are right there for uh, that top, top-tier top World Series contenders. Yeah, I mean, this Yankees team is killer, and I've said this to a lot of people. It's how they can beat you. That's any way. They can hit you and beat you that way. They can start pitching, and they can beat you that way, or they can shut the door at the end of the game and win that way. It's like every time they win, if one thing's not working, as you said, Matt, they can still find a way to win. They're a bullpen ERA this season, 2.71. That's second in the major leagues. They're also second in the major leagues and starting pitching ERA. That's 3.05 this season. And outside of the starting and relieving, they're also second overall ERA. So they're absolutely killing it this season. And the hitting, it started to come around. There's no doubt about that. They're a better hitting team now than they were at the beginning of the season by a whole lot. They lead the major leagues in home runs with 30. They've got some of the top home run hitters in the major leagues. You mentioned Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, who's really starting to come along as of late, getting three hits today against the White Sox. This is a team that is exactly what you look at a World Series contender. They can pitch both in the bullpen and with the rotation, and they can hit for power. It's just going to come down to the timely hitting as we get to the postseason. Sure, this team is going to go on a rough patch. We know that's going to happen. There is going to be a time when they might lose 7 out of 10 games. They might lose 12 out of 15 games. That's going to happen to any team that is this hot of a start as they do right now. But if you're the New York Yankees and you look at your division and you say, wow, this is the lead we have right now over the rest of the AL East, you're you're, you're taking that any day of the week. They have six games over the Rays. They're 29 and 10. That's a perfect position to put yourself. And if you can continue that into the all-star break and you might just have to play 500 baseball in the last month or two of the season to hold on to that first place spot, that's perfect for the Yankees. And I think this team is built to do that given how much, how deep they are and how many different ways they can beat you. Yeah. I think, I think the big thing you mentioned was just, they're finding ways to win games and winning teams, good teams. We've seen it with our club baseball team this year. Good teams find a way to win games, and that's what the Yankees do. They've got clutch hitting. You mentioned the power. You mentioned the pitching. When that all comes together, good teams find a way to win, even when they're, one of their things is off. So I think that's what they've got this year. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the – before I cut you off, Danny, I'm looking at the AL, and it's what team has this much talent that the Yankees do? It's, it's like you compare it to the rest of the division. I know the Rays are always going to win. They're going to be second in the AL East by the end of the year. But you look around the AL, the Yankees have made quick work of the White Sox this entire season so far. They've gotten the job done against good teams. I know their schedule is a little lighter right now. It's going to toughen up as we go on. But I don't see an American League team that can challenge them or has anything close. The Dodgers really are the only match for them. I know we've been dreaming of this Dodgers-Yankees World Series for years now. But like, who's close to this Yankees team right now, even if they start to slump a little bit? Yeah, the, the one team that I was going to mention is uh, the Blue Jays. I know they've had some battles this year. In a seven-game series, if you get the Blue Jays hot, um, I'm very aware of Kevin Gosman being a San Francisco Giants fan. He has been stellar this year. Um, he looks like a stud for the Blue Jays. And that's a team that I think has the potential to be able to score the amount of runs that is going to be able to keep up with the Yankees in a series. Now, the question is, 
you know, they're only four games above 500 right now. Are they going to be able to be in that wild card position? Are they going to be able to overtake the Rays in that division? But outside of that, I mean, it's very, very kind of who's going to step up. The Twins look solid this year. The Angels have surprised everyone. Um, And I have a player that we're going to talk about in a little bit on the Angels that has been absolutely stellar, along with Trout and Otani. Um, But the the Angels are another team. The Astros, they're always going to be good. But I I do agree with you, Mike. I think there's really not a team that's kind of in the same ballpark as, as the Yankees right now. They're playing. They're just in a league of their own. They're playing probably the best baseball, at least that I can remember that I've seen the Yankees as a team play in my lifetime. Um, they just, they look stellar right now. And that's really, really all I got. Well, we, we talked about the Yankees a bunch. It's hard to keep talking about them because the story stayed the same. We've had this trend over the past two weeks. Now they're getting the job done. So I want to stop talking about the New York Yankees and I want to stay in the division and talk about news that just happened today, I think, maybe yesterday. I think it was today, right, guys? This morning, yeah. Yeah, so this morning, uh, catcher, first baseman, right fielder for the Baltimore Orioles, Adley Rushman, got called up to the major leagues. This is someone who was a standout right from the beginning, first overall pick in the 2019 MLB draft in his final two years at Oregon State. He had over 400 in both of them. His last year, he had 411 with 17 home runs and 58 RBIs. He so far killed it in the minors this season. In double-A, he's hit 417 this season. In 12 at-bats and 43 at-bats, he has three homers with Norfolk and triple-A. He's their top prospect, and he's been getting everything done. You even go back to 2021, hit over 300 in triple-A. So this is, without a doubt, the top player in the Baltimore Orioles system, maybe the top prospect in all the major leagues. And I just want to get your guys' opinion. How much can this help the Orioles? And where do you see Rushman's career taking off? Because he's got everything that can make him an all-star. And I just want to see if you guys see him being able to do that. Yeah, I guess I'll start. I think, I don't know how much this move is really going to impact the Orioles this year, just because of how bad they are as a team. And with how good the Yankees are, there's no way the Orioles are going to even catch up to them or even the wild card with how good the ALS is out there. They're not going to be able to get a wild card spot. But I think I think for Adley Rushman, for him is uh, for him being called up now, and I believe the team has another year of team, team team control now by calling him up now instead of earlier in the season. I think this is I think he's going to have a very good career. Like he's got a he's a five tool five tool player. He's got a great average for his career in the minor leagues. He's got a two eighty two average. He's got the slugging four eighty eight for his career. He's and then and then defensively, he's a fantastic fielder. He's got a great arm. And I don't know about his speed, so I don't know if I can call him a five-tool player, but he's got he's got four tools guaranteed, and I think he's going to be a fantastic player for the next five to ten years. Yeah, I think you're selling him a little short with the five years. I I believe, personally, he's probably the best uh, catching prospect in baseball since Buster Posey came out. i got to look at the prospects list. He he's, was He's number one. He's number, he's number one. one. He's the okay, top so prospect, he the in, top all prospect in the major leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's, he's an absolute stud coming out of Oregon State. Um, and it's about time. I, I really hate when MOB teams uh, do this, like you mentioned, Matt, uh, do this, get another year of team control over him. Same thing happened with Brian and the Cubs. Um, I think he's been ready. Like he's a stud. He's going to hit for power. He's going to hit for average. 
great defender, a high baseball IQ. He's going to be a backstop behind the plate for the Orioles for the next 15, 10, 15 years. Um, maybe not 15 with how quickly catchers <laughs> go out. Mike, you can attest to that being a catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's a stud. He's going to be very good. Uh, I think it's not going to make a difference this year and maybe not even next year, but if you can start to build some pieces around him, get people excited to play for Baltimore like they were in the early 2010s uh, when the Orioles were pretty good, this is going to be a big move for them, and he's going to be by far the cornerstone of this rebuild that the Orioles are going through right now. And I know you're probably thinking a big-time hitter for the Orioles. He's going to go out there, some with major power but he's got to play Camden yards, which we've seen the reconstruction of that field very deep into left over three thirty down the line. It goes out very quickly after the foul pull and it goes to three seventy and then three eighty um, in the gaps. So that could be a problem for Adley Rushman, but he is a switch hitter. He's going to probably face a majority of righties in the major leagues. So he's still going to have right field to take homers out, which is very friendly to hitters and he'll be able to hit double was at this field he'll still be able to make an impact it helps him that he switch and that he hits very well from the left side i think without that you're shaking your head if baltimore you're like we just pushed this fed fence back we have this absolute stud who's never going to be able to get a ball out that's hopefully not going to be the case with adley rushman will he lose some power maybe but he'll hit homers at camden yards and i, I think we're really excited to see what happens with his career we've talked a lot on this podcast we've talked about max scherzer and the mets the new york yankees Talked about the Baltimore Orioles, which you don't really see that often. I want to go outside of those three teams, and I want to just talk about the major leagues. I think we're about uh, fourth, Danny, through the season? Yeah, six weeks. Uh, I think, what are, what are we at, like 35, 40 games? He's about 40 games in now, so about a fourth. Yeah, about a fourth. So, a little math, that's about a fourth. So quarter season recap, maybe, you can say we'll head into now. I'll go to each of you guys, and then I'll wrap it up with mine. Danny, I'll go to you first. A team, a player, maybe anything in a trend of the major leagues. What has surprised you so far this season, and what's something that's really caught your eye and interested you? Yeah, I got, I got a player and a team. Um, I'll start off, I, I kind of alluded to him earlier, but let's talk about Taylor Ward for a second. Um, he's been kind of a nobody throughout his career. Finally get some help on the Angels with Otani and Trout. Um, batting 370, which is leading the league. Uh, nine home runs, 23 RBIs. He's caught fire, and he has kind of put himself in conversation for that AL MVP so far this year, along with his two teammates and Aaron Judge, which is amazing to say that the Angels may have three MVP candidates right now. Um, but he's been electric. He's been fun to watch a great piece for that angels organization. And then a team that I've been really surprised with. Um, we talked about them a little bit earlier too, and that's the Chicago white Sox 19 and 20 coming into this year. They looked like the heavy favorites to win the AL central. Um, they're just not putting it together. And I kind of blame that on the Rusa. I don't think he's a great manager anymore, a hall of fame coach, everything like that. But the game of baseball has kind of passed him up. And I think for the White Sox to be successful, it may be time to let the Russa go. But it's surprising to me how they just can't get it done. For me, I think the biggest surprises, I would say, starting with the positive surprises, I'm happy that the, the, that the Angels are finally living up to the expectations of their team. It feels like the past five years they've not met expectations having Trout, 
Otani, Rendon, but this year they're finally putting it together. They're obviously a half game out right now, but I think they've ha- they've set a good foundation this year for for the rest of the season that they could actually make it to first place in the AL West. But moving to the negative surprises, I'm very surprised of how bad the Mariners and Red Sox are. Both teams had a very good season last year. The Mariners obviously just missing out of the wild card and the Red Sox beating the Yankees in that wild card game and making their own run. But neither team has made a push this season that I I'm, I'm very surprised that they're not as good as they should be. And in terms of a player, I, I got to go with Pablo Lopez on the mound. Like he's been incredible with a one five seven ERA, which leads the NL. He's been incredible for the Marlins. Obviously the Marlins are a bottom feeder in the NL East, but he's had a great, great season this year. So I'll start with my player, and I think this is someone that had a lot of hype coming into this year. Absolutely killed it with the Blue Jays last season. And I was someone who's saying, get this guy in New York. He killed the Yankees all last season. And I said, I want to see him in pinstripes to help out at shortstop. And then he goes to Texas, and he might be the worst player in the major league so far this season. He's got a negative .1 war. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's Marcus Simeon hitting 178. He does not have a home run. He's got eight doubles, but all those are his only extra base hits. He's been abysmal so far this season. 29 strikeouts to 12 walks. I mentioned the 178 batting average. He's an OPS under 500. That's almost hard to do. His on base is better than his slugging, which is also hard to do. And this is someone who just inked a huge deal. Seven years, $175 million dollars. If you see that and you're the Rangers, you're shaking your head right now. I know it's early in the season, but the fact the power just disappeared is very concerning. And for me, it raises questions about steroids. We've seen guys playing very well in their contract years, they're getting big deals and then suddenly falling off. I'm not accusing him of steroids, but there is definitely something working in Toronto that's not working in Texas. And I know it's beating a dead horse, but the, the team that surprised me is the Angels. And you've been waiting for this to happen. They needed the pitching so far it looks like it's enough to win the games and they're doing the right things at the plate Mike Trout leading the team with 11 homers Shohei Otani they have a good roster and I think they can compete in the division with the Astros it's going to be close but I think they're definitely a shoo-in for that wild card I want to see Mike Trout I want to see Shohei Otani playing the postseason so that's going to be certainly exciting and it's going to be a lot of fun to see as these MLB weeks go on and we can take some time to look at the teams how they're doing and maybe we can have a similar discussion like this at the all-star break, but guys, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the nosebleeds. We covered a lot. We talked about the Mets, Yankees, Adley Rushman, and then we sprinkled around the entire major league. We talked about some teams. We talked about some players. Maybe we're wrong on our takes on some teams. Maybe we're right. We're just going to have to wait and see, but from Matt Benson, Danny Scott, I'm Michael Calamari. Thank you so much for listening to the Nosebleed Podcast. The Nosebleed Podcast is a production of WFUV Sports.